This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. What's up, everybody? This podcast is a part of the Deluxe Edition Network. Check out the Deluxe Edition Network.com. And big shout out to our podcast of the month, Growing Up Bananas and IAP Radio. Again, check them out, Deluxe Edition Network.com. Not only the podcast of the month, but all the other amazing podcasts. All right, let's jump right into this. There's a castle located in the Thousand Islands in northern New York on Hart Island. The castle and island have a history and a story of love and heartbreak. A classic rags to riches story. Grab your tissues and get ready because we're about to jump right into this. I'm Matt. And I'm Meg. And this is the Your Town Podcast. Bolt Castle is a major landmark and tourist attraction, again, in the Thousand Islands region which is in the United States, in the lovely state of New York. Open to guests seasonally between mid-May and October is a uh, is a castle, obviously Bull Castle, that's located on Hart Island, right on the beautiful St. Lawrence River. Hart Island is part of the town of Alexandria, and Alexandria Bay, as most of the local people call it, which is located in Jefferson County. Originally, a private mansion was built for an American millionaire, George Bolt, but now it's maintained by the Thousand Islands Bridge Authority as a tourist attraction. Hmm. Have you ever heard this whole story? I did not know the whole story. Oh, you're about to know the whole story. And I mean, full disclosure, you haven't read through all these notes, right? So a lot of this stuff is going to be the first time you've heard most of this? Correct. Hmm, interesting. Have I you be- skimmed it. Okay. Have you have you been to Bolt Castle? Um, yes, but I didn't really do the whole experience. It was a quick... Okay get off the boat get back on the boat like a three-hour tour like gilligan's island but instead it's heart island and we're gonna we're gonna dump continue to go into this and and you're gonna understand why it's heart island so the story of this island starts long long ago but it actually began in 1871 when it was known as hemlock island and it was located opposite of the crossman house in alexandria bay new york at the time eliza eliza not Eliza, that doesn't sound right. How would you say that name? Mm. Eliza, right? Sure. Let's go with Eliza K. Hart, who less than a year later would serve a very, very short term in the New York State Assembly, purchased the island for a reported $100. That's a great buck. Right. Renamed it to Hart Island, H-A-R-T-S Island. He would then proceed to build an 80-room wooden cottage. Hart would later serve in the U.S. House of Representatives and unfortunately passed away in 1893. See, I didn't know it was a wooden cottage. Originally. I would have never thought that. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're actually going to dive into in a little bit from the cottage to this mansion and this whole story. We haven't gotten into anything sad yet, so if you haven't grabbed your tissues, go ahead and grab them. We've mentioned George Bolt once or twice already, so let's go ahead and talk about who he was. And uh, he was a Prussian-born American hoteler, self-made millionaire. He influenced the development of the Urban Hotel as a civic, social center, and luxury destination. I mean, if it wasn't for George, hotels might be cheaper, but not nearly as nice. (laughs) So he was actually sent 
to the um, United States when he was 13 years old because his father knew that there wasn't enough opportunity for him where they were living. So he said, all right, kid, you're going to go over there. And he started working in a kitchen in New York. And actually, uh, in the research that I did, he was a dishwasher for a very long time. So could you imagine 13 years old going to a whole new country by yourself, just going to start a life, start a career? Wash some dishes. Wash dishes and see where it takes you. And in this case, took him somewhere pretty far. Granted, it was different times. I mean, in this time, this was the... Uh, like late 1800s, early 1900s, when a lot of this was going on. Different, different times. So he's in New York. Then by the uh, washing dishes at the age of 25, we're going to jump forward a little bit. He was actually hired by his future father-in-law to manage the dining room of Philadelphia's most exclusive gentleman's club, the Philadelphia Club. Bolt's first hotel was actually the the Bellevue, 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 Bellevue. Bellevue. 1881 uh, is when he started doing that at the northwest corner of Broad and Walnut Street in Philadelphia. I wonder if these places still exist. Some of them. uh, A couple of the hotels that were there are something else very popular in New York that we'll uh, we'll jump into here. Good question. Let's continue to it. So he soon brought a competing hotel, the Stratford to the southwest corner of it two decades later that's 20 years for anybody not great at math on the site of the stratford he built the largest hotel the city has ever seen the 1090 room bellevue bellevue and stratford hotel from 1902 to 04 which is now the hyatt so there you go that one still pretty good william waldorf astor built the waldorf hotel 1890 to 93 in new york city with bolt as the propeteer John Jacob, not Jingleheimer Schmidt, but Astor IV, built the adjoining Astoria Hotel in 1897. Bolt mediated between the feuding millionaire cousins, leasing the Astoria himself and merging the two buildings under his management as the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. Guess what's there right now? What? The Empire State Building. Whoa. Yeah, it occupies its site, which is actually the 34th Street and 5th Avenue. It's pretty cool, right? That is cool. From one historic building to, well, something pretty historic. If you haven't seen the Empire State Building, check out 34th Street and 5th Avenue. A lot of crazy stuff in New York City. He is credited, again, this is George Bolt, with popularizing Thousand Island dressing at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. What are the odds that not only does he popularize the Thousand Island dressing, but he then has a huge tie to the Thousand Islands? Coincidence? Thank you. Bolt catered to his very new super rich class, charging the highest prices for the very best. And he actually became one of the very best in the process of doing this. All right. So let's go into 1893. Between 1893 and 95, George Bolt would visit our island, which had apparently fallen behind on its maintenance and upkeep. So what did Bolt do? Formed a real estate venture incorporated it with a number of individuals into the St. Lawrence River Real Estate Association. That's a long name. 1895 for the capital of 20,000. There's a lot of names that back in the day it was just like St. Lawrence River Real Estate Association, Brown, Emery, Dewey, Bolden, Charles, Hudson, Spencer, <laughs> LLC. It's like, why, why didn't they have the foresight way back then? They were doing all this amazing stuff. But they couldn't name things a little bit shorter. <laughs> How bizarre. Everyone wanted the credit. I guess so. So, in the St. Lawrence River Real Estate Association in 1895, that was bought with $20,000. 
There was a bunch of other directors. William C. Brown, Charles G. Emery, Edward Dewey, E.R. Bolden, Charles I. Hudson, James C. Spencer, James H. Oliphant of Brooklyn, and George M. Pullman of Chicago. July 1st, 1895, the Watertown Daily Times reports the sale officially of Hart's Isle. Watertown Daily Times doing big things. Been around a long time. Yes. Still around. Still buying other papers out. So one of the first things that George Bolt wanted to do on his agenda was to change the name of the island from Hart, H-A-R-T, to Hart, H-E-H-R-T. So that's why it's Hart Island. Pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. Way to go, George. What a, what a just a romantic millionaire. But, so you asked earlier about the wooden cannon. Didn't know that. Here we go. We're going to do a little bit of uh, some insight on how it went from what it was to what it is. So we're going to fast forward a little bit. It's mid-July, 1897. Bolt had entirely rebuilt the wooden cottage on Hart Island, constructed a new boathouse, landscaping, new walks, everything around the island. Again, the Watertown Daily Times would say his efforts costed an estimated $100,000 at the time. But uh, it, it was the island then became so improved that one even hardly knew the old place. That was within owning it for what, two years? And the island was bought originally for $100? $100, yes. And he's already got $100,000 into it. Right. Um, but apparently they started this real estate for twenty grand. A lot of businesses, yeah. But I it didn't. I couldn't find anything what he technically bought it for. Um, so hopefully, I guess uh, the old Hart Estate H A R T made some good money off it. Hmm. So as an addition to his own property that he already owned, Hart Island, Bolt then went ahead and purchased a tract of land that uh, was then known as Wells Island, which people know it today is. Hey, this is Casey Shearer. And this is Ray. Do you like pop culture? We're pretty sure you do. Then come on over and check us out at deluxeedition.show. You will not be sorry. Or maybe you will be. I don't know. Wellesley Island, where he would actually build a bicycle track. It's a beautiful place. Oh, it's so beautiful. But there's a golf course on there and stuff now, campgrounds, all sorts of cool stuff. But he great orig- fishing. Great fishing. A little walleye there, a little spring fall. But uh, yeah, he, he he bought that just to build a bicycle track. Hmm. Not exactly sure what a bicycle track is. I'm, I'm guessing it's just a place to ride a bicycle. Maybe know. they raced. I'm not really sure. Hmm. Well, you know what? George Bull, he's a man on a mission. So the following year, we're in October of 1898. George Bull would have plans drawn up for a very large very elaborate boathouse on Hart Island where the former Westminster Park Warehouse once stood. The North Country would have to wait just short of another year to see just how big and elaborate George Bolt's vision for the island really was. Hmm. Want to fast forward again? Let's do it. 1900 would prove to be a very, very busy year for Bolt's ambitious projects. Work would begin on the large yacht house on the island. So in April, Bolt would procure three different tracts of land on Wells Island for an undetermined use for a total of $7,500. A few months later, he added another parcel for just $3,000. So you're not that too far ahead of time where people are buying these islands for $100. He's already up $7,500, $3,000. He's just dropping money 
Late August, plans for Bolt's Mammoth uh, Cottage were completed by architect William Hewitt of Philadelphia with an estimated cost of $200,000 with combined uh, expenses totaling $400,000 with the work that was already completed. We're already up to $400,000 in 1900. And again, the Watertown Daily Times said that um, the tower, which is a reproduction of a tower in Rene cost $15,000. There's a powerhouse, $40,000. Yacht house, $50,000. And the peristyle, $25,000. You'd think that's a lot of money. I did some math. So it was believed at the time that the castle was actually completed in 1902, the cost was around $2 million in 1902, which is equivalent to $72.6 million today. That's a lot. So this just proves how rich George Bolt was in the time. I mean, he's dropping $72.6 million on an island in a summer home cottage. That is unbelievably rich. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jeff Bezos and the boys are a little probably jealous of George Bolt. Not probably not. They're they're (laughs) all right. Uh, So it was only days later. Another effort was announced to build a seawall 16 feet from the shore around the island, which cost another $50,000. So a month earlier, July 1900, the Watertown Daily Times reported on the 17th that workmen had begun to tear down the cottage on Hart Island. Three days later, it would report, and this is this is really cool, that a portion of that cottage, the original one that was built, is was to be removed, and they were actually going to take it and use it as the golf link um, like clubhouse on Wellesley Island, which I thought was really cool huh. that they took that. And I, 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 I've been at the golf course, but I, I know there's history and I haven't looked into it enough, but I almost wonder if parts of that original clubhouse mm-hmm. from the cottage are still part of, of it. Cause there's an old and a new course there. I think the old course probably still has a little bit of this. That's cool. What's even more cool, like pun intended they actually moved it during the winter over the frozen river. Mm-hmm. There's no mention of it, but it, it's a rumor. So if it's a rumor, it's got to be true. Right. Hmm. So work continues during the next two years. Various undertakings that uh, needed to be added to his list of accomplishments, such as a canal. Bolt would have constructed on Wesley Island between the mouth of Mud Creek, opposite Alexandria Bay, and Lake Waterloo. When he wasn't working in New York City or expecting the work of a small army constructing the summer home, Bolt kept busy himself, and uh, he had really, really, really had to kind of dispel rumors that the building was uh, a hotel, because a lot of the locals mm-hmm. thought he was building a huge hotel, but he just had to continue to fight people and say, hey, I'm not going to use this to make money. It's a summer home, which, I mean, it brings in a decent amount of money, but imagine the money he could have made with a huge hotel on an island. Yeah, maybe he didn't want that kind of company. True, true. And I mean, as we get through this story, we're going to realize why. So the crew that was working on the castle, I mean, Mammoth Cottage, was rumored to be over 300 people. And of these 300 people, there were stonemasons, carpenters, and artists who built the six-story, 120-room castle. It had tunnels, powerhouse, Italian gardens, drawbridge, Ulster towers, which is like a children's playhouse, and a dovecote. Not a single detail or expense was sparred. It was a six-story castle. And you know what this whole entire castle, this whole thing was for? 
You do know. Go ahead. Love. Love. It was a present to his wife. $73 million present to his wife. <laughs> Sorry, wife. I don't have that kind of money. Aww. You know, maybe someday. No, I'm probably not going to Unless a lot of people start listening to this Yorktown podcast. I have a question. Kind of okay. goes back a little bit. Sure. What exactly is a seawall? A seawall is... It's just a wall that... Yeah, it's like, a barrier from like the waves and stuff. So it doesn't yeah, to protect. Yep. So it doesn't. There's no kind of corrosion or uh, erosion from there. So 16 feet all the way around the island smart. to protect it. Super smart. And it, yeah. as you pull into Bolt Castle, you can actually still see the seawall that's there, and then the docks that have to come up and around okay. it. And get some nasty weather on the on the river. Yep. And with yeah. the ice and the ice shifting and everything like it's that, it's a hard it's climate. Very, very tough. Imagine moving. A huge cottage and cabin across the river? <laughs> you guys are crazy. But hey, what Mr. Bolt wants, Mr. Bolt gets. To an extent. I, uh, this is this is the sad part. Uh, coming up, spoiler alert. Warning, whatever it might be. 1903, Mrs. Bolt visited the island for the last time. And she passed away unexpectedly January 8th, 1904, in Manhattan. Uh, Manhattan, I don't know why I said it so weird. <laughs> but apparently was uh, apparently was ill from the year before. Pretty much when she left the island, uh, this is again some stuff that I read on the internet, not sure how true, but there was a couple different stories and versions of it. She left the island because she wasn't feeling well, never really stopped not feeling well, and ended up passing away in 1904. And obviously George Bolt was just heartbroken. I mean, he, he immediately, upon the passing of his wife, halted construction. All 300 people. Everybody just stopped. Tools were left. Everybody just packed up. Gone. Everything just stopped. So Bolt, obviously Castle, would become a symbol of shattered dreams and broken hearts. Though George Bolt would return to the Thousand Islands many times until his death in 1916, he never once stepped foot on Heart Island ever again. Mm-hmm. But he, yeah, he ended up passing away 12 years later of a, uh, of a heart attack. 73 years, Bolt Castle stood abandoned. Nobody was on there except for the occasional vandals would sneak across there. Well, on a boat, it'd be tough to sneak there. And obviously the elements of just harsh winters, kind of like you spoke of in the weather that does hit up there. It was just left vacant. It was just getting ugly. And then in 1977, the Thousand Island Island (laughs) Bridge Authority purchased Hart Island Bolt Castle and the Yacht House on Wesley Island for a dollar under an agreement that the revenue generated from its operation goes right into restoring the castle to what it was and what it could have been. So what? Yeah. A dollar. That's a heck of a dollar buy. Right. But as you can see. Great cause though. Great cause. I mean, this place is unreal. So obviously the first two floors have seen extensive renovation. Some areas have not though, um, you know, through... You know, the renovation and all the projects and stuff, they are slowly kind of getting to them. And it's just kind of cool as you're as you're walking through Bolt Castle and when you're on the tour, you kinda of have free reign just to kind of walk wherever. There's there's certain areas like the pool the room, you you can see it, you can't go in there and obviously touch the pool room. Certain areas that are roped off you can't get to. But there's a lot of stuff. You can even get all the way up to the sixth story and just kind of walk around. It's unfinished. You're not supposed to, but allegedly I might have been up there a couple of times. And it's just kind of interesting just to see how you know it's held up even though it's not really been restored but man is it gorgeous the artwork 
the, the details it is crazy. I honestly did not even know you could go inside of it. What? When I went, it was a quick, like I said, it was quick. We yep. got off the boat. We did a quick little walk around in the grass. And mm-hmm. then we got back on the boat because we were on a time crunch. Oh, okay. Well, this is what we're going to do in the next couple of weeks. I did not know you could go in it. We're going. We're going. We're bringing, we're bringing the fam. We're going. <laughs> but here, here's what's cool, too. As of 2021, uh, I wasn't able to find anything too current. Over $50 million has been spent in the restoration of Bolt Castle and its surrounding structures. A large amount of money was invested into what has become a major tourist attraction in an area known for its tourism. I mean, people travel a long ways to get there. And what is also cool is when you get into Alex Bay, there's all sorts of little gift shops and cool, cool, very small town. It's one of those towns that as soon as Memorial Day hits, kind of the the curtains close on this area. But what's um, you, you take a ferry over. They have ferries running certain hours of the day. My opinion, you try to go midweek, you get on one of the first ferries that you can get on. So you get over there and you kind of have free reign. And then by the time you're going to catch the ferry to get back, it's busy. A lot of people. But it's it's it's, it's really, really cool to see the, uh, the inside and everything. So what also is really cool, 1980, a low-budget horror movie called Fear No Evil was actually filmed on Bolt Castle as its kind of narrative centerpiece. In fact, young filmmaker Frank La Logia from Rochester, New York, had an uncle who helped finance the film and uh, kind of seen the location and was asking his nephew to base a story around it. Although it was a relatively campy movie, uh, they did strike a minor cult classic with a follow-up several years later with The Lady in White. Did they actually film it there? Yeah, they actually filmed most of the movie there, and it's the only movie that's ever been filmed on the island and in the castle. I wondered what the restrictions would be for that. Yeah, I mean, the the island is huge, and they, they do a good job. They have different events and everything there. I mean, you can go sometimes, there'll be like a wine festival. Some uh, people have weddings. Weddings, super expensive. Photo, photo shoots, things like that. Yep, photo shoots, all different stuff. I know there's been certain events where companies will rent out the entire castle, so they have the island to themselves, and just a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've raised over $50 million for this, so... If you're in the area or planning to come to the area, make sure you make time to see such an amazing castle with a wild past. And like we always try to do is we try to end it with a quote. So we're going to go ahead and end it with a quote. Whatever success I had was due to my attention to my guests. George C. Bolt. All right. And as always, we're going to give you guys the sources. Boltcastle.com, Wikipedia, Memory in Net. It was a cool place. They, they did a whole thing on Alexandria Bay and the history in pressconnects.com. So again, just an awesome story. Can't wait to throw up some pictures on all the social media. So feel free to check those out. And like I said, looking forward to definitely getting over there very soon so we can uh, we can get some pictures on the old gram. Yeah. So I'm, uh, looking forward to seeing it because I, I now know that there's more to see than what I saw. Oh, you <laughs> are going to be... You're going to love this. When I went, it was very cold, very windy, sprinkling a little bit. So it was not a very fun ride over. It's going to be good. All right. Can't thank everybody enough for taking some time before watching this. Check out the Deluxe Edition Network. Super excited to be a part of it. Can't thank you enough, Meg. That was fun. Did you have fun? I had fun. Yeah, you learned some stuff. I did. Cool. All right. That's all we got. We're going to come back next time. Episode 18. Spoiler alert. It's going to be something on the West Coast.
unless we don't get around to recording that one. Then we're going to come back to the Northeast. <laughs> but if you have any stories from your town that you would want us to cover, please send us a message on Instagram. Shoot us an email. We'd love to cover your story. Because, again, this is your town, your stories. This is the Your Town Podcast. See you next week. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Quad Pro Quo. Right now, you are probably thinking to yourself, oh, great, another movie podcast. Well, dear listener, you would be right. But throw in a couple of marriages, decades-long friendships, and a shared property line, and you have just another movie podcast with a shitload of drama. Inspired by the iconic quid pro quo scene in Silence of the Lambs, each week, one of us will pick a movie. It could be a childhood favorite, a classic film noir, an Academy Award winner, or a complete dumpster fire that brings joy to that person's heart. The selector's objective? To get us to love, or at the very least, not hate their pick. Will our marriages, our friendships, and our neighborhood survive? Find out each Thursday on Quad Pro Quo.